We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Roto Grinders NFL Pick Six Show, Week Ten Double Digits. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, Four for Four, Bet Spurts. You know, for those that are watching and listening uh, live on YouTube, do appreciate. We love when people hang out with us. If you're not aware, you guys listen to you know on your own leisure at your own time. We record nine o'clock on the East Coast on Wednesday nights. Now it's nine o five, and I like to say the reason why we're late is because hey, there were some tech issues, something goofy going on on the on YouTube or a Streamyard. No, we were just talking like anime and The Last of Us and HBO. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we just start the football show. But, uh, yeah, this is what happens week 10, John. Uh, what's going on, Daigle, from uh, Bet Spurts, four for four, double digits. We're now in the back end of the season. How are things in your world? You can tell, too, because the clicks went down just a hair this week, <laughs> which I means we're getting closer. November. To, we're, we're getting closer to the end of the world. It gets dark at 5 p. Uh, clicks go down, views goes down, but the quality and quantity have to stay the same as it were in week one. So we are here off of an interesting week. Uh, Reeves and I were joking back and forth on Twitter last night about DFS tournaments and how I played Herbert double stacks. Uh, getting the exposure I wanted, by the way. Like I knew Everett being somewhat expensive on DraftKings would be 6%. I knew Herbert would be overlooked at 4 to 6%. So I played them knowing that. It doesn't matter whenever Herbert throws for 245 yards, though. So we look forward, a forward-thinking show, and we move on. Yeah, man. Uh, what what happened? What happened to Herbert? I guess it's his receivers, I suppose, and he's not throwing the ball like more than like eight yards. Uh, we don't have enough time, Dean. <laughs> it's, it's everyone. It's the umbrella. 
it's such a bummer. Like, and I like it feels like he's regressed a little bit, but I don't know if it's because there's like, a lot going on there, and they're not on the slate. So you know we'll what? Just, we'll save point. it. We'll save it to go back and do it another day. Yeah, we. Uh, this is your first time here. Maybe we have a, we have a couple new listeners on week ten. Like, what is this? What pick six? Oh, this seems interesting. Uh, we don't talk about games that are not in the main slate. So the Thursday night slosh fest, uh, Atlanta, Carolina. I think it's gonna be a weather disaster. The game in Germany. Uh, Seattle, Tampa. Remember, play Thursday slates. This is a great week to remind you that if you're going to play some cash stuff or tournament stuff, play on Thursday slates. Uh, Thursday through Monday, Thursday, Thursday, Sunday. Get in on those because those guys will be rostered tomorrow. 42 and a half is the total. Uh, maybe the defenses are interesting, actually. I'm not sure. I've not checked the prices. I have no clue what the defenses are as far as the prices, but not that you traditionally want to roster yourself some Falcons defense or. Mm-hmm. Panthers defense, but my understanding, you know, is it's 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 going to be a mess weather-wise, and is that possibly because of the hurricane come up the coast? I'm not really sure. Um, I have not followed it. I'm in South. The Panthers Florida. uniforms look pretty hot. Uh, I'll I'll see some pictures of those because I'm not going to watch this game live. My uh, yeah, my, ta- my my take is they don't deserve to wear those uniforms. Like, is that the black a, helmets? A good, yes, a good team should go all black. The Panthers don't deserve it. Yeah, but the Panthers are a team that makes sense to have black uniforms. Like the Jet, why do the Jets have black uniforms? Does anyone like ever explain that? Like, I don't understand. Green, right? Yeah. Why? Why do the Jets have black uniforms? I don't know. (laughs) They aren't even cool looking either. (laughs) Um. All right. Yeah. So we talked the main slate. The main slate only. Just ten games this week. Um. You know, we're at the mercy of some injuries, as we always are on a Wednesday night. Uh, both quarterbacks potentially up in the air as far as Arizona, uh, that Arizona game versus. Um, they should have to sign Streveler back if Wolford starts to so get a rematch of Streveler versus Wolford. <laughs> there was a quarterback named Streveler that started a football game and like Chris Streveler. Yeah, he was from Chris the CFL. Strebler. He was like a runner. He's actually like the coolest dude ever. He's not like a quarterback, but he's super cool. Well, uh, we had to talk about him on this show. Oh yeah, last year. for we sure. Had to. Yeah. Okay, I just blocked it out. That Men in Black like mine eraser. I totally forgot it. That, but, uh, that conversation we had pre-show where Rich said Last of Us is better than Mass Effect, uh, that already made you black out everything we talked about last year. <laughs> I needed to Google everything, the entire all the sentences. I had no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, so Kyle Murray is dealing with, uh, I guess, a hamstring and Stafford's and concussion protocol and uh, Josh Allen. The line suggests he's not going to play this week. Uh, again, Wednesday night, we're just sort of guessing here, Rich, like three and a half point favorites. I know Minnesota's seven, seven and one, but come on, you know, <laughs> they're not like basically even with the bills. Um, yeah. And that's that, that can change things. But Dean, you can get a double revenge game narrative. The case Keenum's the yeah. big stack. I mean, yeah, I guess. And Keenum, I did look at his price. I'm not going to lie. He is 5k and I'm like, okay. And then next week, the Bills play the Browns, so Keenum can run double revenge games back-to-back if he plays two weeks in a row. The dream that we have for this show and everyone listening is that we get to talk about Case Keenum against the Lions on Thanksgiving slate. That's the Oh, yeah. We're only three weeks away from it. We can make it. We can get there. The Bills are Listen, we already went through David Blau uh, Thanksgiving. We can definitely get there. And chalked David Montgomery last year, yeah. David Blau, that's his name. That name again is David Blau. Yep. He that's rocked great. too, man. He rocked. He threw like a, an 80-yard touchdown to Kenny Galladay, like right off rip of that game. All right, listen. We, we digress. He, we digress. He, We're way uh, off the he, path here. He, he <laughs> rocked until Josh Allen like dominated in the night game against the Saints. Yeah. 
the comment section is going to be. These guys rambled for like 17 minutes before yeah, they yeah. Start the up. show at 8 minutes. Wait 10. First <laughs> comment's going to be Don't like, yes. saved you some time. Start yes. at 8, 8 10. My, my plants are dead. Comes up. It's week 10. My plants are dead. I don't care. We're going to talk about what we want to. <laughs> it's been dark for four hours already. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say. Do appreciate those hanging us out in the YouTube streets. Comment hit that like button. Do subscribe. Yeah, we got to keep those views up for sure. Uh, I, I I didn't realize I took a slight hit last week. We got we got to do better. Oh, I thought we, we were pretty strong last week, uh, John. But you know, we'll see. It's- Once NBA starts, because uh, now too, like teams are like officially eliminated. All of this is a DFS show. I think people come still for the takes. Uh, fantasy football has definitely lost uh, a, a, a large chunk of the people playing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't, we'll talk about it later because I want to start the show. But I'm curious if you guys and tell me in the chat too, not like in the chat chat, like in the comment section. I, I, I wanted a solution for this, but I also want to hear the worst trade offer you ever got in season long because somebody set the bar for me pretty good. The other, I'm in one season long league, the Rotor Runner season long league, and I got a, an egregious, an egregious offer, and I'll share it later on. And I'm curious to get your guys' take. Is how you far? How do you even respond? Like there's like there's no way to counter. Right, we're so far apart, but. Anyways, I digress. Let's talk main slate, <laughs> DFS. Uh, of course, you focus on three main games on the slate. Then we run it back. We talk about our fair plays, position by position, players that are not in those three main games. John, you picked our three games this week. And like you said, you said you went pretty chalky. And was, your hand was kind of forced, right? I feel like your hand was kind of forced because there's three games. Only three games of a total above 45. That's <laughs> The, the only competitor that could sneak in, in my opinion, was Saints-Steelers. But even then, I'm, I'm somewhat worried about that game. Not only the low total, but we also have the Saints on a short week and the Steelers coming back from bye. Uh, definitely one we can skinny stack. We'll talk about it when we get there. But overall, like I, I think you just take the high totals in this slate, which makes it fun because it's another ugly one. All right, very first game on the slate that we're going to talk about, the Jags. The Jags at Kansas City, 50 is the total. Kansas City is a nine-point favorite. John, I'll throw it to you. Where do you want to start? I presume I presume it's Kansas City? No. Let's okay. start with the pushback we need to make Kansas City relevant because Jaguars are nearly 10-point dogs. <laughs> Depending on what book you look at, they're nine-and-a-half-point dogs right now. And oddly enough, this matchup is similar to last week. And we expect the defense to hopefully elevate Trevor Lawrence in the Jags passing game. Um, Casey has allowed the third highest rate of passing touchdowns. We talked about that with the Raiders last year and are one of only four defenses allowing a 70% touchdown percentage inside the red zone. What's happened though, the issue is that once James Robinson was traded and Doug Peterson took the lid off this Travis Etienne jar, he's realized there's no going back. Like Etienne has 24 and 28 carries the past two weeks, and that has sunk Trevor Lawrence, who was interesting on DraftKings for 5,400. Uh, Lawrence has averaged 31 pass attempts the past two games, whereas he was averaging 35 before. And so this really has become a Etienne focused offense who has set Etienne has set season highs and routes run in back to back games now. And so even though we don't think the game script for rushing for ETN is there, it's interesting because then that's where you think, okay, being so cheap with Lawrence, we can then pivot to Lawrence perhaps. But then that also entails fading Patrick Mahomes in a very clearly amazing spot. So it's just a high total and an interesting game to talk about. Uh, the blitz level game, uh, what's game level factors, Derek Cardi, shout out Derek Cardi and the blitz. This has the most projected plays. Um, well, yeah, Seattle Tampa doesn't count. That one's a little bit higher, but that 
Yeah, we're not talking about that one. But Jacksonville, Kansas City, the most projected plays on the slates. Rich, do you think uh, Jacksonville can hang? Can they hang with Kansas City? Maybe Kansas City's just not as good as we think they are. Like they struggled the other night against Tennessee, and you know, I know a lot of people say like they're the de facto like third best team, maybe fourth best team, just because it drops off pretty quickly after two. But um, yeah, you think Jacksonville can, can punch back and keep this game close? Yeah, so I mean, you look at the Chiefs; they're they're zero and four against the spread at home this year. So teams are are getting there. Uh, you know, at home they they might have even could have out, outright lost two of those games. A one they did to the Bills, but they could have lost to the Chargers earlier. They could have lost to the Raiders at home too in that Monday night game. Uh, so I definitely think they're live. Also, when you just look at dogs of this degree this season in the NFL, like these teams have all been getting there. Uh, dogs of seven or more points this year are 20 and nine against the spread so far. So a lot of these big totals, like these games are ending up closer than expected. Uh, definitely would look at the Jaguars team total of 20 and a half in a lot of places. Like I think that they're going to, they're going to get there on, on that. Uh, because we love like the chiefs, you know, structure because now they're, they're super pass heavy. Uh, they can't run the football. Uh, and you look at Mahomes, uh, the past four games, Mahomes has thrown for 292, 338, 423, and 446 passing yards. And you look at the opening four games, he started with 360, but that was 235, 262, 249. Like, they, they haven't been able to run the football. They've just been leaning in on Mahomes. It's a great spot to do it. The Jaguars are good against the run. They're bad against the pass. So I expect that the Kansas City is going to air it out. And by default, uh, they're facing the third most pass attempts in the league. The Chiefs are, and it could have been still been first. There wasn't for Malik Willis and the the turtling <laughs> that the Titans did in that game. Where the Titans, the Titans should have won that game. I mean, they outright turtled in the second half, and it cost them the game, uh, trying to hide, you know, Malik Willis. But the Chiefs are facing the third most pass attempts in the NFL. They're also thirtieth in passing points allowed per attempt. So when you put both together. They are allowing the most passing points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Prior to Malik Willis, they had allowed four consecutive top 10 scoring quarterbacks. So, yeah, I love the Lawrence side. He's a way to get cheap. Obviously, if you're playing cash, I think just the meta has been to pay up for quarterback, and Mahomes is easily the cash game play this week uh, as long as you can fit it in. But I do think that if you play the Lawrence side, you have access to a stack that, one, gets you away from Travis Etienne, who once again will be popular. Uh, two, you can fit in a guy like Travis Kelsey if you play, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Whereas if you play Mahomes, it's a lot harder to do the Mahomes Kelsey stack because we're recording this Wednesday night. We have a lot of a lot of value hasn't opened up yet on this slate, and we'll see what we do when we get there. Maybe you guys will highlight some guys that I haven't caught uh, early in the week, uh, but we're going to need some salary somewhere. And if we want to play guys like Travis Kelsey. Uh, doing the inverse stack of doing Trevor Lawrence plus a guy like Christian Kirk plus a Travis Kelsey is a way to kind of get unique here in this game. You mentioned Kirk. He's got the cleanest route on the Jacksonville side. Buffalo, Rich, like, you know, with the addition of Canarius Tony, 9% of the snaps last game, you know, just getting acclimated. You got to assume that's going to move up at least incrementally. Uh, there's there's Sky Moore getting 26%, Watson 26%, Hardman 54%. MBS 71, Juju 83. I, I have no idea who to pair with Mahomes. I mean, obviously, if you have the salary, Kelsey is, you know, that that's the, the most fun way to go and probably the most profitable way to go. Do you have a favorite amongst all these guys? Or well, where do you expect? You think Tony's going to play 20%, 25%? Obviously, you can't roster that. I don't think you can roster that. But can you roster any of these guys with confidence? 
I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, with the right they're throwing, we've had one guy that's been consistently getting targets all year outside of Travis Kelsey and it's Juju. Yeah. We were in this spot a few weeks ago when they were playing the Bills, and these receivers didn't quite have the production level that they have now. But we kept saying, like, listen, if you're going to follow the targets, like Juju is definitely due regression. He's going to get there, and he started to get there. Look at his last three games, five for 113 in a tug, seven for 124 in a tug, 10 for 88. Uh, to hit the, he had already hit some incentive bonuses last week in terms of catches and yards on the year. Now, the Chiefs passing game elevation is is pushing up and propping up Juju, but that's okay. Uh, he's been targeted on just – he's he's 19% of the team targets over that stretch, uh, been targeting 18% of his routes. Those are all pretty, like, poor in context of, like, locking in a guy as, like, a season-long wide receiver, too. But when you factor in that the Chiefs are, you know, 15% over pass rate expectation, we talked about them not being able to run the football. It is a matchup to where, like, the Jags have been able to stop the run. We saw that again with Josh Jacobs last week, uh, where he had just one yard prior to contact in that game. Uh, yeah, I, I think Juju would be the guy if you can't get to Travis Kelsey's salary. He would easily be the guy. They, they have a rotation with everyone outside of Juju, though. Uh, McCole Hardman has caught the baton from CEH. He basically is wide receiver CEH now. Uh, he's yeah. really not playing and he's just scoring a bunch of touchdowns every week. Like Clyde Edwards-Lair was early in the season. So, uh, I'm sure people will chase those touchdowns, but, uh, he is new CEH wide receiver CEH. And Hardman was also DNP today on Wednesday. Uh, we've made mistakes on this show. Me personally, trying to forecast injuries on a Wednesday, especially late in the season where it's very clear every team is resting their players now. So I don't want to say too much. Maybe Hardman still plays, but still a DMP with an abdomen injury, I believe, something to monitor because Hardman does lead this team in percentage of routes from the slot, and that's where Tony played. Four of his seven routes came from the slot last week. So maybe a little tiny bump for Tony for those playing large field tournaments. Oh, could you imagine if Hardman's have been out? Tony will definitely get some, yeah. get some run. I may play him. Hell. <laughs> He's 5K, uh, 5K on DK, 5-5 on Fanduel. Ooh. So, so they have D- so- Fanduel, I think? So you're telling me DK hasn't like bumped anyone's pricing up all season long. Could Darius Tony's the one guy like they're gonna like be aggressive with? Oh, he got nine snaps. <laughs> Add two <some> people. <laughs> Whatever like, that. They they finally got religion on so, on pricing. It's with Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Um, did you have John? Did you have a favorite uh, player on Kansas City? Is what it's Kirk is five people. nine, right? Kirk is five nine on DraftKings. Um, yes, that, that's a pretty good price. I like that. I think yeah. that's pretty positive. Five, five, nine. And, um, last week he was only five, five, but more importantly, yeah, he's mm-hmm. coming off of a, his second highest target share of the season, 29%, nine targets last week. And we talked about that last week. How it was an amazing spot for him from the slot. It's practically the same thing that she's have allowed the third most receiving yards per game to opposing slot receivers. So, whether I play Lawrence or not, because he's so cheap on DraftKings, um, it doesn't matter. It, it's like the pivot from ETN to Kirk last week. Like, I understand ETN was chalk, and ETN got there, but Kirk is yet again an amazing play. And I believe Kirk was in the winning slant and Millie Maker lineups last week as well. Yeah, it was the Comets, uh, Comet, but again. What, That's all it was. it was. It was chalk with um, the – the contrarian play was double stacking the chalk quarterback. So uh, can't even be mad about it. Like hats off. Everyone was digging for Foster Moreau and cash games for cheap tight end. The The tournament players just said, what if I stack the cheaper tight end with my cash quarterback? So yeah, good play. Kirk was in my highest scoring lineup that won the yep. most money last week. 
I played Kirk over Etienne. Yeah, I had him too. I didn't play Komet, unfortunately. Well, yeah, Komet. I was... played Komet and Cash last week. What? Look at you, Dude. over Foster, over Moreau. Uh, yeah, on Fanduel. Uh, because oh, he was okay, four okay. seven. So I so I mean, over. I looked at the I looked at the tight end slate, and I That's figured true. we were going to punt anyways, and I chose the Hell guy yeah. that was attached to the Cash Game quarterback. Hell yeah. How much was he? Because I know like, he was four seven, five or five one. Okay, he was yeah. four seven. Tunyon Tun- 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 was the chalk at five k. Yeah, I I needed three hundred for someone. There was a guy I wanted to jam in, and I remember I was like, "Screw it, I guess I'll just play." Combat. Hell yes, I hope you had it in score. tournaments. You just had them in cash or tournaments too. I mean, yeah, it was just my cash lineup because I punted the I punted there. Uh, I ran it in like a couple things, but like, yeah, it was it was it was definitely hot, man. We got it was one of those weeks where my cash lineup like took like first in every 50-50. Yeah, which is the worst. Like it's great. Like yeah. shit. I want to I want to just barely make it. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. sweat. laughs> um, because I mean, listen, you get two tight two t- tugs from your punt tight end. You better you better cash with that with Komet. Everybody else is a zero. You know, Tanya was worthless. Everybody was. But I, I ETN thought, will be popular again uh, for good reason. I mean, yeah. he, he is over 100 yards in five straight games. Daigle brought the touches. I mean, you're getting 27, 30 touches since James Robinson's been gone. These these other guys are just vagabonds behind him. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, we've seen that story. We don't know really what, what Snoop Connor is, but he's not playing over Jamichael Hasty. So that definitely gives us some context to kind of where he's at right now. Uh, the Chiefs have really kind of struggled of late, too. I mean, their last four games, they're allowing almost six yards per carry to running backs. So ETN, definitely popular. They're also last in the league in receiving points allowed per game to running backs. We've yet to see that part of ETN's game kind yeah. of manifest, but we know it, it it exists in his range of outcomes based on the player he was in college. So he's going to be really popular. He'll be the most popular Jaguar for sure. All right. I, I, oh, I would just remind everyone, you know, with Travis Kelsey back on the slate, how haunted we've been the past couple weeks. Kelsey averaging five more fantasy points per game than the next closest tight end. Like, our boy is back. Maybe it's best we don't overthink this. Like, I understand Ingram's popping as a value, but we ran that train last week. Let's just <laughs> maybe not overthink this, and let's find a way to get up to Kelsey. Are you guys enjoying the uh, the, the Kelsey podcast? I haven't, I haven't listened to it. Oh, no, it's excellent. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Uh, they're both really great. Obviously, they have a great brother dynamic, but it's a very enjoyable podcast for everyone checking out. Plus, they're from where I'm from, so, like, you know, they talk about Lakewood and Cleveland a lot. So, hey, love those guys. The uh, What's better, since you've already ranked Mass Effect and Last of Us, the Kelsey <laughs> podcast or the Stafford, uh, Matthew, and Kelly podcast? Oh, no. The which one is it? Uh, the Stafford and his wife podcast. I've never heard that one. Okay. That's the one where post Super Bowl they recorded the next morning. Like they actually recorded an episode, and like Stafford was asking for water live on the podcast the whole time because <laughs> very clearly, like they were not ready to record a show post Super Bowl winning. Well, that's probably their best episode. Like unintentionally, it uh, was. Hilarious. And yeah. It was. Uh, they they were talking about bringing their. I think they have what five kids. Um, they were talking about bringing their kids to Disney World because like it's part of the sponsorship, right. and like Stafford audibly said that is the worst thing that's the worst idea i've ever heard like in, in his in his current state post alcohol super bowl wanted nothing to do no, traveling kids, with his children the disney, disney world, world t-shirts in the summer and and mind you he was right justifiably so 
was this before or after like he watched that lady fall during the celebration and he's like, ah, what? I'm going to walk this way. Pretend I didn't see that. That was the parade. Yeah. <laughs> that was parade day. But, uh, what was the podcast like after that? What was the next pod? Because- I, I cannot tell you. I, I listened to a single clip afterwards. So. <laughs> Maybe that means the Kelsey awesome. podcast is better by default. I did hear the Kelsey brothers and the Manning cast, and I I enjoyed them on there. You can tell, like, the two brothers, obviously, they pretty good chemistry. And the Manning cast, okay, hold on a second. You guys are, for whatever reason, you're not on Team Red Zone. Monday Night Football. It's our job. (laughs) Literally our job. It's not your job to hate Red Zone. My job is to watch the games, Dean. My my job is to – no, my job is to understand the games, not to watch the games. To understand the highlights. 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 Highlights doesn't teach me anything. Do we watch the Manning? Do we watch the Manning cast, or are you God, watching no. the regular? Or are you not watching football? To, it's to be fair, the man the Mannings do a great job. I think yes. they're really good at their job, but they need everyone in studio, and they don't need it to be a big company product. Yeah, uh, they need it's to a be promotion able to, spot. All it is when, is promotion. Spot. When they talk about football, it's actually yeah. incredible. But then also the lag, they they have a three to five second delay every guest. And it's a disaster when someone like Jimmy Johnson, who can't even work a phone, he still has a Nokia, <laughs> shows up and he's trying to like use also a lag in the broadcast. It's a disaster. So no, not a Manning cast guy, but I support them because I think they could be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, They're not the problem with the Manning no. cast at all. No. But I, I don't enjoy the Manning cast though. It's just a glorified. It's like it basically it's just like a glorified podcast during a game, except where they're just pumping up whatever someone has on to promote. I mean, Vince Vaughn was on. What was he promoting? <laughs> I don't. You tell me. I'm sure. I don't remember. He was just wedding crashers. Out. They he talked about promoting to go watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wedding wedding crashers on DVD. <laughs> I, I went. I went to theaters to watch the breakup, and I know I've only seen that movie one time, but I also don't know why I went to watch the breakup. Maybe Do you guys an- think that Ursay tried to give Peyton the job first? Oh, of course. Yeah. Had to. Absolutely. Had to. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't he? Like Jeff Saturday was like the ninth guy. He's like, eventually he said, ah, screw it. I guess I'll call Saturday. <laughs> yeah, what, what James got a phone call. He's like, I can't go. wait. I, I don't think I've been this excited to watch a team play. Uh, maybe in the last decade, I can't wait. Did they, they where'd they get the an offensive coordinator who's like never called plays before? Is he's 30 years old, he hasn't called plays since high school, I believe. Rich, maybe correct me on that. Uh, no, I don't, I don't even know really, to yeah. be honest. Uh, I saw everyone having fun with, with, with the pictures, uh, of it yesterday. <laughs> he does, he looks I, like us, one of us, yeah. Oh, uh, in the YouTube chat, by the way, SVLU77 saying only all 22 film or nothing. If you're watching the Thursday night game, and I know you won't be, and none of us will be, but if you happen to be watching the third, there's an option where you can watch like an all 22 on uh, on Amazon. I guess you guys don't know. You don't watch this. And you're not watching Atlanta. No, you're not breaking no. the seal with Atlanta, Carolina. I watch Thursday. Uh, I don't have a wife and kids. So I watch Thursday night football. And also remember, Amazon is locked into this for the next 10 years. So, like, we have to yeah. find a way to make this enjoyable no matter what. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's – I mean, it's it, – you know, money is what drives the league, and it's been very profitable to have these uh, uh, four, four verts on Twitter, if you guys don't follow him, Charles McDowell, great, great Twitter account. Uh, his tweet I thought was the best on Jim Irsay's – it was – the tweet was, uh, <laughs> how do you guys think Jim Irsay is going to react when he hears about what he did today? <laughs> 
was a great tweet. That's yeah. So don't we bet on the other side in that game? Are we bet in the Raiders? Are they gonna get off the schneid? God, I'm definitely not we... betting any money on the Raiders this year. <laughs> I will just enjoy it from a distance and because uh, this would be peak 2022 Raiders, like finding a way to lose this game. Like this yeah. is essentially everything that they've done all year. I mean, they were up 17 nothing again last week. They, yeah. just they didn't score at all in the second half. Amazing. They got they got outscored 27-3 after they went up 17-0. Um, all, all we know is that – Devontae Colts... Adams didn't have a catch after halftime. Yeah. It looked like he was going to break the entire slate. The Raiders freaky Friday with the Chargers, just like finding different ways to lose. That's my theory. I'm sticking well, to it's it. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, listen, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the, the sweet chaos uh, of the Colts from a distance. All, all we know is that this version of the Colts is not in the – upper quartile of the upper quartile of winning team exactly. it was essentially that scott steiner like clip that people pulled. yes like yes. steiner math yes, yes. Uh, dean knows steiner math know we know math. yeah we, we know something else dean knows. Yes. that was basically ursay's explanation right. week week 10 and the winter has just become friends talking about football this is all this show is now. <laughs> steiner math is like one of the best promos of all time it's, it's everyone whether you know wrestling or not, go on YouTube right now, crash the site, and look up Steiner Math when you hear us talk about it. That's all you need to type in. You know when you always, like, on on, the, on Thursdays, you'll put the tweet out and, like, kind of give a summary of the show, like, little things that we talk and, like, football players and this team. And you, everyone's going to throw something. Here's a little pop culture thing. Steiner Math is going to be in that tweet. I feel pretty confident about it. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Could you do it off the dome? Like, you, I mean, you're a wrestling guy. I feel like, did you know it or no? Can you give a little piece? <laughs> Oh no! Like uh, I, I don't know the whole thing, but but I, I I mean I've watched it several times and I know that someone out there has created a T-shirt with the entire literally the entire promo on the front, and that's a T-shirt I would love. Amazing! Love I have a little uh oh here it is. I have a bullet club pin. I keep oh yeah there you go. I have a bullet club pin. I keep in my book. I don't know. It's a hidden little e- uh, Easter egg like video games in the back. There you go. For wrestling. I don't know if you know who a bullet club is. Actually. They're like a Japanese wrestling company or wrestling of a faction. Close enough. It's a it's it's a New Japan wrestling faction. Yes. There you go. Um, all right. Hey, Dean, game two. I'm all over it tonight, Dean. <laughs> Dean is up to date with pop culture tonight for some reason. If, except for like the pre-show Dragon Ball Z or whatever. Oh yeah, you Thanos, know, whatever we talked about. The you you called Naruto Naruto, which tells you everything. Yeah, I, is that a wrestling faction? No, Naruto Naruto is actually just not a word. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Game two is uh, Detroit. The Lions. The Lions take on the Bears. The Bears are a three-point favorites here. Forty-eight and a half uh, is the total. Man, everybody's going to chase this game, aren't they? We're just we all just fell in love with with J- Justin Fields last week. They're I have Lions fatigue. I can't lie, I do. <laughs> I've got big time Lions fatigue. Are you but not even even with Lions fatigue though? Rich, does it matter? Like Justin no, Fields, it doesn't. We have to Justin be Justin Fields to yeah. objectively bunker in. I'm just saying, I definitely have Lions fatigue at this juncture of the season. I get well, it. you want to you want to knock out the lions, uh, John? If you feel free to give a, a reprieve no. to Rich. No, 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 no. no. Uh, actually, we're talking about this game because of one side. Honestly, um, there may be a couple runbacks, but no, there are runbacks. Like we we talked about, like Rich. I know you said Trevor Lawrence, Patrick, or Patrick Mahomes, unequivocal cash game quarterback. If we're trying to spend up for Travis Kelsey and these other options, I ask why isn't Justin Fields just yet again the cash game quarterback because he's cheap too. Uh, relative to what he's doing, there was that one week we had a 
month and a half ago against the Chiefs where Derek Carr, remember, got up to 55% rostered in small field tournaments on FanDuel. That's a real number. And we and we said, like, that's the that's the most condensed players will get in tournaments all year. But dude, like, how do you how do you follow it up with this spot for Justin Fields? The Lions are let's just mention really quickly, of course, the past watch month. them run 45 times. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's still six and a half design games though, the last yeah. four the four weeks for Justin. Because on FanDuel, he's the same price as Mahomes. Okay, that's fair. That's totally no. fair. Um, I meant on DraftKings. So, yes, we're yeah. talking about two different sites, totally different things. So, I, I do get that argument. Um, but then also, uh, like Dan Pazuto on Sharp Football noted, the past two games in particular, like the Bears were throwing a league low right inside the red zone. The past two games, they're 52%, and Fields in that time has gone 9 of 11 for five touchdowns, no interceptions inside the 20. Like, this is what an offense looks like when it truly trusts Justin Fields. And then you look at the Lions, they're allowing a league high rate of 15-yard passes, and we know like Justin Fields leads the league in 20-yard throws. He literally only scrambles, design runs, or chunks it deep. So it's like the perfect cocktail of what Justin Fields can do and wants to do. So, yeah, I, I can imagine myself going to Justin Fields on DraftKings um, and, and cash games at least. I ended up playing him naked last uh, last week. I couldn't talk myself on the commit. And I, I just couldn't do Mooney or the Claypool thing. Like he's got uh, three snaps or 70 snaps. We're not sure. There's the range. I can't remember the number they gave to him. But um, what did he end up uh, – what was the snap count, Rich? What, 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 where did Claypool land? Uh, Claypool, he ran 16 pass routes. Okay. I mean, Concerned. Concerned. Uh, he had six targets on the 16 routes. So, like, they had some plays for him. And the first, he got the first touch of the game, too. It was very clear they wanted to get him involved. And he had that whole combination of both carries and, like, 30-yard 30, 30 downfield shots. Dude, this is the, the St. Brown game, I just realized. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure I'm about the first person that just hit me. I'm like, wait, this team's got a guy named St. Brown? This team? Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. They know each other. Um, and the, cook, the Cooks are playing each other, too, this week. James Cook and Dalvin Cook. I didn't think about that. Yeah. My brother's out in these streets. We've talked about the Kelsey brothers, the Manning brothers. It's a brother podcast. Stack them up, man. Um, I assume Claypool gets a little bit more. Like what? It was uh, just 35% as far as the snap count. Snap count. Um, if you're pairing fields, Rich, is is it – are we commit? Is 3-4 now? Are people going to chase that? I don't know. It's a little – I'm always a little uncomfortable with Bears receivers, especially if right. like – does this line feel weird? I feel like the Bears would be bigger favorites. Maybe I'm just overreacting to like recent circumstances, but also Detroit feels distinctly worse outdoors. Yeah. Well, hard. I mean, the Bears defense is also awful. And that's kind of why I think Dagle too. This game, it's just like hard not to talk about this game. Uh, you've got two teams like we've at least shown be able to punch. Uh, I mean, listen, the Bears are number one in the NFL in scoring rate per drive the past three weeks. The Chicago Bears, the yep. same version of the Chicago Bears that we talked about for a month and were questioning what what era of football that they were like <laughs> that they came out of, like what dimension of football hell did they teleport out of? And they're the highest scoring offense over the past three weeks. And not just beating up on the Dolphins, they two of those games are against the Cowboys. They scored 33 points against the Patriots and 29 points against the Cowboys, who are top seven defenses and points allowed this season. Like, it wasn't just like they ran into some cupcakes. Like, 
when you have a mobile quarterback and you structure offense around him, we've seen this like a lot of times, man, over the course of like, it's hard to defend these guys. Why the Falcons are having so much success. Like it's, I don't know if the Colts were actually trying to do it, but like, maybe that was some, one of their original, like, you know, brain clouds that like exploded of like, this is why we need to get away from that Ryan. But when the stuff clicks, it's hard to defend. And the bears have become a defense or an offense that's hard to defend. And when like Justin Fields starts to get going, it starts opening up everything else. Cause the explosive run game has been there all year. The running backs have been good. They've had explosive or explosive run game all year, but now that fields has started to get the design run game going. Now you're starting to be able to hit shot plays and you're able to do play action. I mean, that play action play you ran on Cole Komet was a thing of beauty last week. Like that's, you can't, you can't run a play fake better than that. Yeah. Um, and you, and then you just start you, the touchdown start happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, both these teams, not only do they not stop anybody, but they allow touchdowns. I mean, the bears 30, uh, they've had 34 scoring plays, 74% of them have been touchdowns. That's 31st in the league. Uh, the Lions have allowed 37 scoring plays. 70% of those have been touchdowns. That's 28th high, 28th in the league. So, like, when these teams give up points, they give up touchdowns too, which we generally like because touchdowns are good. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a game that, as like you said, it's hard to get away from. We've just talked about the Lions so much, and, like, we've gone through the whole gambit of, like, Lions football this year, it feels like. Uh, we just hear here we are again. So I- – I'm I'm with you. The only reason I think like we sound like we're down on this game though is just because we're tired. Like that. And well, I do also, think there's a range of outcomes in this game where too like we we have the fields run out right. Cause, like we're not going to have a game like Fields had again the rest of the year. Like we're just not right. Uh, you know that that was the Colin Kaepernick playoff game essentially. Uh, but like, what if the what if the play here is the play? You know, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery in tournaments. Because obviously Fields is going to be popular. Uh, we know that the Lions can be run on. You know, the, the Packers couldn't do it. But we do know every other team has done it. So is it like a David Montgomery pivot week? Is it a Khalil Herbert pivot week? Uh, were those guys the tournament plays? Herbert, 28% uh, snap count week eight. 28% snap count week nine. Like, I just can't run. I can't roster running back does 28% snap count. I can't do that. You got to remove snap share from your portfolio, Dean. Like from your well, process. Well, I understand that's not an, that's not an all telling. It's you know because his uti- utilization rate is high. Like when he comes in the game, he gets the football. Okay. This this it's is well why tickets. this is why I was also upset about Cordero Patterson being quote unquote limited last week because he was in every one of my lineups and then I saw the report he was limited and I took him out and you're not very limited when you lead the team in carries and touches despite playing 36% of snaps. I don't give a shit about your snaps. Uh, how many touches are you getting in those snaps is all I care about. Yeah, but if your snaps are like – I mean, it's uh, – yeah. Well, so sure. Like, I mean, there's obviously context if you're talking about sure, players. Yeah. Like, that's like the breaking point for me, though. I guess I guess it shouldn't be, you're saying. I no, know, I mean, I, if especially specific archetypes of running backs, you shouldn't care. Uh, the thing that you should w- worry about with a guy like Khalil Herbert from a, like a term perspective is the, is negative game script. When they get in a passing script, that's when he doesn't play. Uh, but when he's in the game, I mean, he's, he's touching the football. That's like kind of what his, like whole, his whole deal is right now, Dean. So of all running backs in the NFL that play that average more than 20 snaps per game, Khalil Herbert's 10th in utilization rate. That means snaps getting okay. a target or touch. He's 10th in the NFL. All right. I mean, that's useful. Fair enough. Uh, but what's the deal with Swift? 
Now, I, okay, I, I, I heard everything you just said, but Swift getting, and I, again, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to tell you 16% snap rate last week. Yeah, no, so that one's there because when you look yeah. at Swift's touches, Swift has no touches. Yeah. He's, got, he's at single-digit touches in every game but one. Whereas he, he, you look does, at, he did average 10 yards per touch, but it doesn't matter when it's five touches. Yeah. Right, right. But like when you look at Khalil Herbert's touch count, it's double digits every week still. All right, fair enough. The the I I think what makes this game so annoying is one, you know, we've all played DFS so long and that we are naturally bred to not chase tournament winning performances. And so that that already deters and turns us off from Justin Fields and Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. But then also you look and it's like, okay, but it's an amazing spot for all. Um, you know, Cole Komet like did have his route rate increased. 74% on dropbacks last week, his highest rate since week six. And then also just to see six targets, you could you could frame it as a blip on the radar. You can also say, as I mentioned earlier, a higher pass play rate in the red zone. And the past two weeks, not only are the Bears running an increased 70 plays per game, but Cole Komet leads the team in red zone targets in that time too. So they're throwing to him when it matters most. And also the Lions, of course, an amazing defense to target tight ends against the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. So overall, yeah, it's an annoying game because I, I, I do think it's a good one to play, but as Rich said, it is volatile. Rich, build me a little game stack here. I assume we're starting with Fields instead of Goff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think that the interesting thing would be to do like a mini of like David Montgomery and the Sun God, I think is like a great mini for this game because you're getting super leverage on Justin Fields and you're still getting the your game stack. Uh Amon Ross St. Brown is the inverse of everything Daigle just talked about. Like this dude's still getting targeted at like he's, he's stacking targets, right? Like, you know, he only had the 55 yards, 38% of the team targets. Uh, he's now seen nine or more targets in every full game he's played. Uh, the targets were there. Just the run out was about, you know, we got spoiled by that run out. Everyone was just like, Oh, the dude didn't catch eight passes for a hundred yards and score two touchdowns. Like, then you get, I've got, all I've gotten is tweets this week. What's wrong with Amon Ross St. Brown? That's, I swear to God, that's like like the most popular guy. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Did you did nine targets? Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want, man? Like, yeah. they're gonna turn around. And, uh, you know, and he, only Tyree Kill's been targeted at a higher rate per route run than Amon Ross St. Brown this year. If you get into the box, it, it looks different. And then also the Bears are one of the worst defenses uh, against opposing slot receivers, receivers in general. Uh, they're bad against, but spe- specifically slot receivers. So. Yeah, I think that you if you're looking at something to, to play this, I like just like doing a little mini of like Montgomery and St. Brown uh, and going that route. Honestly, dude, because I had the same comments because I even mentioned on Twitter that Amonro St. Brown has four full games this year he's played uh, without injuries, and he's averaged, ten, as you said, 10.5 targets and a 32% target share. Uh, people are so down on Amonro St. Brown that it may be contrarian enough to still play fields on DraftKings and then just simply run it back with Amon Ra. Like that may be the play because Amon Ra is very clearly the contrarian option now. We're moving on, I think. I believe so. Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, gosh. I I don't think it's as nearly as good of a running back slate as it was last week. Um, We also have to look for the tea leaves. But, I mean, the Bears run defense, we keep targeting them. And here's Jamal Williams who gets 24 touches uh, in this backfield. But, again – it really comes down to how healthy DeAndre Swift is, and that's uh, that's a puzzle that we may not even know the answer to by Sunday morning. So Jamal Williams, 5,900 on DraftKings, 
depends on touchdowns. Is there a good reason why like they would play him and then not like barely play him? Like, what is the point of that? Uh, week nine. That's your example. <laughs> that's, that's like they that's what they that's what they love doing. They love playing him, but not playing him. We've all seen Breaking Bad. Either full measures or half, no half measures. I, I don't want any half measures. I don't understand the point of that. Things do not turn out well. Cleveland, the Browns are in Miami. Miami is a four-point favorite here. 48 and a half is the total. The Dolphins have the best coach in all of football. I love Mike McDaniel so much. Oh, I, love the best. I mean, I love this guy the very first time I heard him. On uh, like the Pat Tilt, no, the, uh, the, uh, what's his name? The, the punter, Pat, uh, the Pat McAfee. Uh, yeah, shirtless, Pat McAfee shirtless guy. This, yeah. guy. this guy is great. I love yeah, this different dude. Um, yeah, and like I don't, know if you, I'm sure you guys saw the clip of him telling Fields to stop, stop running, stop scrambling. <laughs> and the like, uh, <laughs> what, what McDaniel, what goes on in his head though, is not what comes out in the mic. That's the thing. I love like, it. He doesn't, he doesn't ever transfer actually what he's thinking. Like this dude is four steps ahead of everyone. You think he's editing? Oh yeah, uh, he he hides injuries from the media. Um, he 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 treats press conferences as jokes, which is okay. I support that. But um, he <laughs> yeah. he definitely does not want to share with you what's going on in his head ever. Yeah. Well, I I love him. I hope he never goes away. Yeah. He's my um, favorite. By the way, I want to ask Rich a question. I'm just going to take over hosting duties because it's not Tim. Who cares anymore? Um, Rich, who is your coach of the year right now? Because I get pushed back whenever I don't include Nick Sirianni in like the top three because I, I don't think Nick Sirianni is a top three coach of the year given the hardship that a lot of other individuals had to go through. Like Pete Carroll having to set aside his ego and run a completely different offense after week three. Um, like Mike Vrabel having two talented players maybe. Jeffrey Simmons and Derrick Henry and doing the same shit he did last year. It's like the, and Brian Dable, of course, who just benches players he doesn't like and says, you run our system and we will win. So I think coach of the year is an amazing conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, this is one of my least favorite awards because it's typically just given out to like, Oh, we thought your team was going to suck. Like and <laughs> but, they did it. Like, <laughs> but, but last year, remember Rick, the, the committee was good enough, smart enough to vote Rich Bisaccia ahead of Zach Taylor because they saw through Zach Taylor's bullshit. So like, I think it's a fair award, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we'll see uh, what ends up winning. I mean, obviously, if a team goes undefeated or over the course of the season, like, that dude's going to win it, but he's just going to default get it. So if the Eagles do go 17-0, and 0, I sure. would imagine, like, Sirianni's going to win it. Uh, from a job perspective, yeah, I would say Pete Carroll and Mike McDaniel have done two of the, two of the better jobs. Uh, well, one, just because Mike McDaniel is, like, a rational coach, right? Like, it's so hard for us to get over that hurdle. Like here he is, he has two good, good ass players that we know that like inherently are clear above the best players he has, Harry Kill and Jalen Waddle. And he does everything he can to set structure the offense around getting the football to those two players. We have we have long lived and watched good players misutilized. And like he just gets that. Also, the Miami Dolphins have not run the football one time on second and ten after after an incomplete pass. Amazing. That alone. I love that. That Plus alone. 10. That alone is the is the all time coaching nugget, uh, and then yeah, like you said like Pete do it. Pete's doing a great job. Obviously, Gino, um, Braden was. I was talking to Braden, my son, because uh, he was asking about comeback player of the year award. He said Saquon's got it in the bag. I was like, well, they might give it to Gino. I know he wasn't hurt, but like they've done it before. Where they just give it a comeback from the from death. Yeah. Like uh, Philip Rivers won it one year when he just sucked the year before. 
They're like, you came back from sucking. Here's comeback player of the year. So, like, uh, and the what, so dumb what, because they have the MVP and then they have the offensive player right. of the year. It's like, all what, minutia. It's all just bullshit. It's man. so stupid. And like one of them has to be a quarterback, and one of them can't be a quarterback, right? That's, yeah. that's why, like, that's why Derrick Henry is very live as the offensive player of the year. But that also then rules out one of Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen for like MVP, which is really, really weird. Yeah, we're we're down weird lines right now. Yeah, I yeah. pulled it up on the fly, by the way. NFL Coach of the Year odds. Uh, did you take a look at this by chance, John? No, I, no, because I think there are like seven live guys, and they all deserve it yeah. right now. That's why I just I think it's a fun conversation to have. Yeah, Sirianni is the clear, clear favorite. He's actually negative. He's minus 130. Yeah. Then you got uh, Kevin O'Connell plus 700, Carroll plus 800, sure. Dayball 800, 8 to 1. Salah is 8 to 5. Yep. And wait, plus 850. Uh, and McDaniel's 12 to 1, McCarthy 40 to 1. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, maybe not McCarthy, but the, the rest of the, <laughs> yeah. even, even, he, even well, though McCarthy they, again, did only lose one game with a backup quarterback, yeah, and that was McCarthy. That's, what the, that's again, like, yeah. it's such that award's so driven by just like yeah. we thought you were going to be bad. And like everyone thought when Dak got hurt the first game, what was what drove media? What was the narrative? Like, oh, yeah. the Cowboys, the Cowboys are S- SOL, yeah. man. Like, they're dead. It's uh, back it's to the Browns and the Dolphins, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brown, Browns, Browns yeah. at Miami, also an interesting aesthetic. Like, I can't picture a lot of Browns in Miami games off the top of my head. <laughs> no. You're right, though. Um, they played a heater a couple years ago when it was in Cleveland when Fitzpatrick was on that awesome run where, like, Devontae Parker was incredible. Um, but I can't picture a lot of Browns in Miami uh, games. Probably have to. You probably have to go back to where they had like a dirt infield. Uh, in in November, is there, still, is there still is there still humidity in Miami in November? Like, is there is there? I mean, is there never not? Is, no, there's always humidity, man. Trust okay. me. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I was gonna bring that up because you know the Dolphins' defense is pretty bad on the surface, but we've talked about this on this show. They have the most diabolical home field setup in the NFL. Like it's the, I can't even believe that like they get away with it. Like it's actually allowed, like what they do. Uh, they're the entire visiting team is just in the sun the entire game while everyone else is in the shade. Uh, and look at their splits this season. Miami's a lot of op- opponents in Miami have scored on 22.7% of their drives. Uh, that's the second lowest rate in the NFL on the road. Miami's a lot of opponents score on 49.1% of their drives. The second highest rate. Like, it's working. They're, 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 that whole diabolical setup has, has had an impact this year. Last time the Browns played Miami, it was a 41-24 Browns in 2019. Oh. Um, somebody must have lit up the scoreboard. Uh, let's see. Devontae Parker. That was in Cleveland. Oh, okay, you're talking in Miami. My bad. Let, let me go back. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll throw up the John. That's like, that's like, I just brought, and I just laid out that game. I just talked about it. Yeah. Uh, I will just vamp and talk about Miami's offense while we're doing this because yeah. you know two two a doubles are live. Uh, we now try, have go six. try to build one. I tried earlier. Well, it's tough. I know I understand the context of the slate. This Jeez. is also why, like, I think Daniel Jones is a good play, but I can't actually <laughs> tout him because like you can't play Daniel Jones on the slate either. Um, but we now have six full starts from Tua, and he's thrown at least three touchdown passes in three of them have averaged 22.3 fantasy points in that span, which would rank fourth among all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. And then the last two games alone, 26 and a half. 
So Tua, obviously, and Mike McDaniel hitting their stride. Um, but like Rich said, we need some pushback. This is the second t- highest total of the week, 49 and a half points. We think the points will come, honestly. Uh, but yes, it is hard to build Miami stacks. Yeah, I was trying to build some two double stacks, and uh, maybe it's just a, a context of the slate because we haven't a lot of things, haven't had a lot open up. Uh, but it is it is hard to jam to jam those guys in, especially if you want to bring back, uh, you know, one of the two good Browns players. Uh, I guess you could do DPJ. Uh, we want to get there. Cream Hunt's oh. probably an interesting bring back in this game uh, as well because now that he wasn't traded, uh, we did see him get 15 touches in his last game, uh, and he also has the you know. He, he basically has the same amount of red zone opportunities Nick Chubb has. So he could be an interesting way to kind of bring back in, especially when we're talking like a low owned, like tournament play for a game stack. He probably is a little more interesting if you can't, because it's really hard to play Tyree kill Jalen Waddle Tua, and then bring back Chubb or bring back Amari in this game. Yeah. Uh, Tua, Ty- uh, Hill, Waddle, three K tight end, three K defense. <laughs> you got five, one left. For two running backs, a receiver, and a flex. And we, yeah, and where are the running backs this week at 5K, right? Like, it's it's really hard. That's the area where it's rough. Uh, Jalen Warren, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if – no, yeah, I mean, so Jalen Warren would be cool, but, like, it's not like Najee Harris isn't playing still. Like, I, if, if like, not, there's a difference between Najee Harris being out and them wanting to just, like, go with Jalen Warren ahead of Najee Harris, right? Because, like, Najee Harris is going to play, like, we just, so we don't know, right? It's, if we just knew Jalen Warren was going to be a three down back, that, like, he'd be absolutely chalk. We had did it, yeah. shit. We just, we will swallow Deion Jackson games if it can get us Josh Allen and, you know, whatever, right? Like, you know, to, to jam in whatever we want. But, like, the fact is, Najee Harris is still going to dress and play in that game. That's, I mean, that's why probably Dave Montgomery on FanDuel is going to be so rostered just because, like, I don't know if the, the touch share, uh, based on what he did the two weeks prior, like last week, jumped back up to a 68% backfield touch share. Uh, but the fact he's just simply 6,700 on FanDuel, like, that's so cheap compared to others. Cleveland and Miami, uh, September 25th, 2016. Last time they were yeah. in Miami. Ryan Tannehill started for Miami. Um, Jay Ajayi scored a touchdown. Nice. Oh, yeah. Shout out Jay Ajayi. Yeah, big time. Big time props um, to Jay Ajayi, who had back-to-back 200-yard games. Uh, former Eagle great. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to love this, uh, Rich, I'm sure. Cody Kessler, the start of the game. Yes. For Cleveland. All right. And I don't know if he was relieved or what happened, but uh, Terrell Pryor at five attempts as well. <laughs> so uh, – 30 to 24, maybe. I don't know what happened. Why would he just have five attempts? Was he used like as a, I don't know. That, that, that doesn't it's, matter. <laughs> uh, Cleveland did used to use him oddly. Uh, he had packages where he was a wide receiver, a quarterback like Taysom Hill, and a running back at times. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like a Cordell Stewart type because he had four carries for 21 yards for Terrell Pryor. And eight, he had eight receptions for 144 yards in this game. There he had 1,000 yeah. yards that year. It's the greatest game ever played. Yeah, he had 1,000 yards receiving that year. Yeah. Oh, man. What, he must have been a fun fantasy play that day. Um, all right. I'm getting excited about Terrell Pryor. Where would you start, uh, Rich, as far as Cleveland? Who would be your favorite? You talked about you know the two big spends. You prefer uh, Chubb on the ground? You prefer Cooper? Or, I mean, I remember a couple times on Podcast Pass, not this year, but previous seasons, we did mention the infamous DPJ. I know he was thrown out earlier. Mm. He is cheap. Uh, can kind of make stuff work. 
you know, a dollar for dollar, where's your, your preference on the Cleveland side? Yeah, I mean, you would think that the Browns have to pass here. It's also a Jacoby Brissett revenge game, uh, I guess, too. We can bring that narrative in because, <laughs> I mean, Miami is scoring, you know, kind of at will with two under center. Uh, they, they really haven't been stopping. He, he now leads all quarterbacks and fantasy points per pass attempt. Um, he is number one in EPA per dropback targeting wide receivers. Uh, and it's almost like, it's almost double of that. Patrick Mahomes is the next guy of the next, of the next guy. Uh, the Browns are a cover three based defense. Guess who's the highest rated quarterback against cover three this season. It's Tua to Viola. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, stack them up. So you would think like, it's going to be, again, like the Miami passing game is going to be fine here and it's going to push the Browns to have to eventually throw the football. Uh, you can, I think if you do want to play DPJ, DPJ, like he, he's been a wide receiver four better in five straight games, uh, been a wide receiver three or better in five of eight games this year. He's on the field a lot. Uh, Amari's probably the most interesting guy though, for the Browns. And it's because you're going to have like the weird thing with his home road splits again. It's doing, he's doing it again this year. Like, I don't know what the story is. Like typically home road splits are, are like all noise, <laughs> but like, just like Ben Roethlisberger, like Amari, no matter where he's played in his career, like seems to just like, I don't know if he's sleep, he has like a magical bed that at home. But, like, again, look at, look at his game log again this year. He scored in every single game at home, all of his good games on the road. He's been absolutely terrible. Uh, but when you look at the, the, the matchup for this game, there's like a huge signal for Amari Cooper. Uh, he has absolutely just destroyed man coverage. Miami plays man coverage on 40% of opposing dropbacks. That's second in the league. Against man coverage, he's been targeted uh, on 35.6% of his routes. That's fifth among all wide receivers, compared to an 18% target rate per route running in zone coverage, which is 47. Miami also blitzes at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Cooper is second in the NFL in yards per route run against the blitz, only behind Tyree Kill. And if you're going to get a bunch of man coverage, I mean, he's got a chance to shadow realm. So, guys, our guy Ian Harditz put out a video, a tweet, I think it was today or yesterday, that said the last time Amari Cooper faced Xavier Howard, it's just like a bunch of clips of him just destroying him. So maybe we'll get a second run out of that. But, uh, yeah, I think Cooper would be like the ideal run back from an objective stance because what Miami does defensively is what he's just dominated against all season long so far. Ian's dropping the helicopter this week. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, if he drops the helicopter, we got to fade it. I love we my guy fade Ian. Him, yeah. but, is uh, the helicopter I, cold right now? Is that what's going on with the helicopter? I, I, Ian is literally one of my best friends in the world. I, I talk okay. to him all the time. I love Ian. But even I like had a few Manhattans, and then I I, I drunk tweeted him publicly uh, after he <laughs> helicoptered T Higgins, and I said, "Oh, well, that sucks because that means we can't play him. Like we just can't play him." I mean, am I wrong to say that that's kind of do? Was that the start of Ian's rise, or like where people really started to recognize him? He had, he had like five or six weeks in a row where the helicopter crushed. Am I just making this up? I feel like that happened. I think he had a full season. Years ago. He had a full season his first year, and then. He, because he's one of those people, like a Roto Pat, and there are other people that do this. Rich and I don't do this, but they they just tweet their stream of conscious. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, I, great, his Twitter feed is great. Yeah, and and like, but like Rich and I though are just grizzled veterans, and we just don't want to tweet. That's the thing here. So you're too uh, busy watching Dragon we, Ball Z. We want to, yeah. I want to watch Naruto. I avoid the ether of <laughs> the hellscape that is Twitter. And so, no, like when I lock off, I literally want to log off and just read. That's all because yeah. I'm old. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Fair enough. 
We got anything else in this game? We move it on. Uh, do you well, think, we're gonna, get, mean, do you think we're gonna get David and Joku, Rich? Do you think I don't know. Good? It's I mean, it, I don't know if we'll we'll see him or not. He didn't practice today. It's Wednesday. Yeah, so he was we'll pre- he was like walking around individual drills on Tuesday, as Rich said. DMP today. Um, yeah, Dolphins allowing a league high completion percentage to opposing tight ends. We'll see because that'd be the way you sneak this game in. But like Rich said, honestly, uh, since this game's tough to build around, maybe even if we get value end of week, that's when we get it. Uh, if we get yeah, value, you know, week, I don't want maybe that's I don't want to in. And I don't want to say people can't play Chubb. Obviously, he's been getting there all year. He's just really expensive, and it's hard to like build, you know, cross stacks with this game. Um, because also, like, you know, there's other good running backs in that price range, too. Uh, and if Miami was the pull head, like that's the one thing we really haven't seen with the Browns this year is they really haven't gotten flooded very often, you know, and that's really helped a, a guy like Chubb. And Chubb's been a part why they haven't gotten flooded in these games either. I mean, the dude is absolutely incredible. And uh, the other thing, too, that uh, Kevin Stancy's done a great job is they're running out of 11 personnel more than Nick Chubb's ever in his career. And it's just open, open stuff up. I had the note in the worksheet two weeks ago. Nick Chubb is averaging 7.3 yards per carry uh, running out of 11 personnel, and only 12 quarterbacks are averaging more yards per pass attempt out of 11 personnel. Uh, So Nick Chubb running the football actually more effective than like all but a dozen passing games out of 11 (laughs) personnel. That's how good he's been. And and beyond that, Donovan Peoples-Jones, like at 4,300 on DraftKings, (laughs) even even honestly under 6K on FanDuel, um, in this matchup, I really do think he's a fine play. Like, given that we're all scrambling, especially for value on DraftKings, where we need to have this flex option, um, I, I can imagine it's a spot where Donald Peoples Jones gets steamed a little bit because there's no one else, at least right now, on a Wednesday. I mean, the Browns, the Browns have only gotten worked one time, and it was that game against uh, Bailey Zappi. They got zapped. Uh, <laughs> and Chubb in that game, again, he that, he did what he – like, we do know that he is game script sensitive, the way the Browns play. And he only had 12 carries in that game. He had 13 total touches because he doesn't catch the football. And uh, that's the victim, like, you always run. Like, we love to play Chubb when he's, like, a home favorite and he's in these optimal spots. When he's in these spots, he's more of, like, a tournament play – um because there's some fragility to his touch count just the 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 archetype of running back he is um but if the browns do punch back and this is a game where like those miami home splits don't matter and the browns are controlling this game uh then chubb will be like a pretty phenomenal play get him an umbrella or some let him stay find some shit i mean it's how is like the league not stepped in like it's it's (laughs) absolutely insane like that they that they're like allowed to do this they can't keep getting away with this Uh, and Joku four one seems usable on DK if he's a full go. But yeah. what happened when he didn't play? I was told Harris Harrison Bryant was like a talented receiver. Uh, I think he put up a, a bagel that night, if I'm not mistaken. Was that goofy variant? He, he he didn't even get targets. Uh, they they still ran a two three headed timeshare at tight end. It's kind of like the Lions last week. How we all got off of James Mitchell last second because we saw <laughs> Shane Zilstra was suddenly promoted and activated and then the lions ran three three heads at tight ends same thing happened to the browns so can't do it more brothers by the way shout out to the zilstras i don't know if they're both playing this week mm, but yeah it's brothers week there you go out, brothers <laughs> one of them scored a touchdown right didn't one of the zilstras and james mitchell scored a touchdown yes, yes and brock Wright. i think the not- one yes the one who ran the most routes brock Wright, actually did not do anything at all not target. Yeah, he think he had one target, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> no catch. Give him that one target. He also doesn't have a brother, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Darrell, he plays in the NBA. Um, all right. So 
Uh, we're going to give our fair plays position by position in just a second. We do want to tell you about our sponsor. Do appreciate Thrive sponsoring our show. Uh, feel free to throw those uh, those props up on the screen, producer Steve. So Jim, Jim, John, John, <laughs> John Jim. <and> Rich. <laughs> Who's Jim? John and Rich can take a peek. Uh, if you're not aware of Thrive, uh, get it on the fantasy action over at Thrive Fantasy. They're easy to play, no salary cap style contest revolve around over under style player props. Each prop, it has a fantasy score associated with that prop. The riskier the prop happens to be, the higher the fantasy score. You rack up the most fantasy points for your share of the prize pool. Uh, they have all sorts of contests, all sorts of sports. You can, you know, uh, play football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, LOL, all sorts of sports in their lobby. We're, of course, focusing on, I picked their main contest or the big contest, $100,000 contest. I believe it's 20K up top. There's 20 props in that contest. you got to pick 10, your 10 best ones. And again, each one uh, based on a confidence level, not a confidence level, but how easy they may or may not be perceived uh, to hit. That's how many points you happen to get. We want to give you a nice, sweet deposit bonus as well. Use the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Up to, it's a deposit bonus up to $250 as well as some free tickets. If you're going to deposit between $100 and $499, you get yourself two free $20 contest tickets. If you're going to deposit $499, that makes no sense. Deposit an extra buck, deposit $500 in total or more, you get six free $20 contest tickets as well. All right, uh, Rich, we've given you enough time to take a peek as far as uh, some of the props this week and give the people some winners. Well, I mean, listen, we just talked about Amari Cooper. Uh, so 55 and a half receiving yards. Uh, we like that. We like that. I like the over in that. Uh, that's uh, even money. Uh, what else do we got on here? We could stack it with two and do some correlation. Uh, passing yards plus rushing yards if we want to do a little correlation bet. He's averaging four and a half carries the last two games too. Yeah, so we can do a little correlation there. Uh Deontay Johnson, well, we're losing a little bit of steam on that one. Some of these aren't standing out, man. Not a lot's popping here. I got one, but I'm going to yield. I'm going to yield to John. Yeah, hit, hit me with it. Hit me with it. Well, I mean, DeAndre Swift, uh, a half a touchdown less. Oh yeah, he's one rushing touchdown this year. If he's not playing, like, or he's barely playing, you know. Well, even if he is playing, I mean, it's, uh, that's been where they've used Jamal Williams. I don't, I don't understand that line. And I'm getting uh, 110 points if he doesn't score a touchdown. I love I love Thrive, but one, if you go to Russell Wilson, I don't know why we get worse odds. You have to scroll up, Dean. Uh, I don't know why we get worse odds for him to throw less than two and a half touchdowns when he's only thrown two touchdowns one time. Well, that's year. why. That's uh, it's implied that yeah, you're betting against him to do it. You only get sixty five points though. If he gets, but, that, it, yeah. but it is a good spot. I, like I can't play him because I don't have the courage to even in DFS where I've sucked up every play in the world. Uh, I don't have the courage to play Russell Wilson, but it is a good spot. Still, uh, it's so it's such a big margin of difference. Like I don't need to worry about it. You don't need to click it, Dean. I don't want those 65 points. I shun those 65 points <laughs> go all the way down. I want Christian McCaffrey because I expect him to get Ooh, two touchdowns for one fifty. I would like over exactly because against the chargers and before the bye, we didn't even see what he's capable of. Three touchdowns is not what he's capable of in this offense. He had 26 touches, which is more than any other 49ers running back has handled all year long. Uh, he had 81% of backfield touches, and we expect all those things to continue because he also or increased because he only played 81% of snaps as well. So, yeah, like this is the all-in. Snap count don't matter, though. 
Well, it's going to grow when it's 81%. That's why it doesn't matter. And then also Chargers, Well, he played course, so well that they didn't have to put him in at the end of the game. Yeah. So a snap's decreased. Just Char- Chargers also <laughs> obviously allowing a league high rushing yards per game. Um, it's like a smash spot. If McCaffrey is on this slate, if he wasn't 10K, we lock him in. Oh, yeah. Imagine trying to choose between McCaffrey and Saquon on this yeah. slate. Like, uh, you know, the two most expensive running backs against the two worst run Ds in the NFL. And McCaffrey's actually like even even with Barkley's spot, McCaffrey's like two x a better option, like what he's capable of in this game. I don't know why I haven't told you this yet, uh, John, but like week ten, oh, I should have at some point. Um, like I'm not controlling the screen. That's producer Steve. So when you're saying, move ah. on, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that. I really thought it was you. <laughs> we got a producer, man. I can't magic. Man. I can only do so much. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I get to Steve, yell at producer Steve from now on. <laughs> he's on top of it i guess you know the font you, you can't fit all 20 on the screen at once otherwise it's going to get so small so he does the best he can to get uh, get them up there on the screen now alvin kamar alvin kamar 100 total yards looks pretty decent too sure. and you can just you can again correlate that with deontay johnson if kamar is going to go for over 100 total yards then you can play the deontay johnson over i know it's a you know you're, you're conceding some points but 90 points are still do you good all right. Uh, but I did mention, do you guys happen to have a story? I kind of teased it before, so I feel like I know we're running long, but uh, now Not we got to have something here, Rich. You played a billion season long, you know, leagues. What's the worst trade you've ever been offered? Oh, Who I mean, I can't remember a specific. I've yeah. gotten so many, especially Dean. If you play Dynasty, that's when you start getting uh, real trade offers uh, <laughs> because, you know, you're. it's not just where you're, there's a common goal, right? Like anytime, or if you involve keepers, like dy- anything that involves Dynasty keepers, you're going to start to see some real bad stuff. Yeah, well, let's this, hear your trade. You, you teased it. Let's hear it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I was – this is not a dynasty league for the record. Not a dynasty league. Uh, I was offered – well, somebody wanted to get Jalen Hurts off me and Christian Kirk off me, and I was offered – Two good players? Yeah. Jared Goff. Just your two. Just my two. I was offered Jared Goff. This isn't the Rotorrunner season-long league, too, by the way. Uh, Jared Goff. Uh, Deshaun Watson – Okay, so two quarterbacks for to replace Jalen Hurts. Good is, super fl- is this a super flex league? No. So this not this is this a super flex league, and this other team is rostering Deshaun Watson and Jared Goff. <laughs> it's a pretty deep league, but it's not super flex. There's there's no defenses for the record. We cool. we play like we play should, seven players. That's the way to play. There shouldn't that's be the correct league. Yeah. It's the most egregious fantasy position. So carry on. So my Christian Kirk and Jalen Hurts for Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Isaiah Likely. <laughs> well, won't play after i have mark week. andrews yeah. but i think they're just trying to exploit me for having mark andrews i'm pretty sure yeah. that's the basis of this trade and then some dude i i feel like i should know who this person is but i don't <laughs> michael bandy jameson williams is that a real person a receiver on the trade <laughs> it is the worst trade i've ever ever heard it's I, pretty bad what is is he something i should be aware of like is he a, like a, no so I you, actually, you're getting you're getting four guys who should be on waivers in that league yeah yeah <laughs> So how do, respond, how do you respond to something like that, John? Like this happened to you before. You, just, you know what you do, Dean, is you go to YouTube when you pull up Steiner math and you send it back in the comments. <laughs> I I usually leave those hanging um, to make them think for like the next two weeks. I'm actually going to think about accepting it, but you're actually never going to touch it. Just leave it hanging. The that is time. the all-time Steiner math trade offer, though. <laughs> I did counter. Just I mean, I, I thought the chalk move was the count. I offered him a. You know, Wandale Robinson, Isaiah McKenzie, Son of Michelle, and uh, Romeo Dobbs for 
uh, ATN and uh, CD Lamb. Just to yeah, see. That's, they, they that's, that's, that's another admitted. response. Yeah, that's a good response. There you go. <laughs> they instantly rejected it. It's like, like I had the audacity. Yeah, that's a good response. Yeah, uh, I mean, tra- maybe Jameson tra- Williams will play this year, and you'll look back on that trade and say, "Oh, I could have traded my yeah. two best players." For maybe him. is that a prospect? Is he? A, I don't know yeah. who that is. <laughs> it's the receiver the Lions traded up for. Uh, what was it, Rich? Number sixteen? Uh, yeah, I think it was sixteen. So it was after, or no, it was uh, it was it was thirteen. Was it was it was right after Alave because Alave went. And then yeah, he went. because Saints traded up for Alave. Because the Lions then had to trade up to get uh, ahead of Dotson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they had to get ahead of Dotson. So yeah, yeah. he's but but Rit, like uh, Dean, they said the Lions like, a couple weeks ago that he's out at least another month. Which yeah. is never good, especially for a team that has won what? Yeah, two they're games gonna have now, two so. wins by yeah. the time he comes back. Like. Why would they play him? Yeah. Exactly. We'll um, see. Yeah, we'll especially see. when you can play him with CJ Stroud next year, you just wait. Just wait it out. All right. So I'm being told that Richie Smalls, yeah, he's saying and this guy was really, really legit at Alabama. I don't watch college football, so like I, I don't really follow the draft. I just know like DFS and then that kind of thing. And this guy's not been my DFS life just yet. So no. I probably felt, sound he like won't be. he I won't be at all. Don't this. worry. At some point, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to it, but not to, next year. Right on. All right. But let us know. Leave in the comment section, uh, you know, on the, on the YouTube. Tell me the most egregious or even how to handle, how to, a better way to handle absurd trades. The most egregious. That is a good, that's a hell of an offer. There you go. Let, let us know. And uh, if something, you know, really, really stands out, I'll hook you all up with a uh, one week free of Rotor Runners Premium. How about that? Uh, leave your, uh, leave your Twitter handle and I'll, I'll contact you if I like it. You'll, Dean will watch an episode of Naruto. Well, that's, I mean, that doesn't benefit anybody, though. It benefits me because I can hear about it. Uh, I feel like we should play a three man contest, and the loser has to listen to the, the latest episode of Matthew Stafford and his wife's podcast and give like a synopsis on listen, it. I'm in because I, yeah, I, I know where, where's, I, the, where's our pick six context? Like, why, actually, why, why yeah. do we have a contest? Why are Sponsor we doing us? that, actually? Like, I would love to do that because I, I know we all, although we respect each other, we come to our own conclusions. I would love that. No, I, I mean, so I'm on a, a gambling podcast or the Scores and Odd podcast sometimes with my buddy Grant. Um, and we always do like a movie bet and like, you know, we'll force each other to watch a certain movie. It's okay. simply yeah. powerful. I'm happy to bring it to this show. But who is, you guys don't have time to watch movies during football season. At least I don't think so. I could, I could find it afternoon or evening. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. I would we'll, love to watch a shitty movie you pick. <laughs> I'm actually really nice. I want I want to share good movies. I I, I try to be very kind. Is that so? That's why you watch Jurassic Park. Yes, that, that that's the reason why I watch Jurassic back. Park. It's a callback. That's a show callback. There you go. <laughs> You've been paying attention and taking notes all season. That's long. a friend helping you out though, because you need to watch Jurassic Park. Stop hiding yourself. It's the same reason why I watched Gladiator for the first time. Oh my god! I didn't realize you had never seen Gladiator before that. Spectacular! It was phenomenal. Of course it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, the reason is. Amazing. Oh, God. Can I sidetrack the show again? I'll tell you yes. why. I Week 10. Who cares? Do you want to know why I didn't see Gladiator? Um, me and a group of my friends went to the theaters to see Gladiator in like 2002, whatever it was, right? And it's I made a, an executive decision at the last second. I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I want to see Gladiator. So I went off and saw my own movie at the same theater with all my friends. I just branched off and went to a different one. What movie? I, watched the, I watched Frequency starring Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. No, Dean. Why did you? You get changed from Gladiator to Frequency. I didn't know. Again, I was that was young and I was uh, I was stupid. What do you want from me? So Frequency ends, and now I have a half hour or forty minutes to kill, and I have to sneak yeah. in and watch Gladiator. And now, what am I going to watch Gladiator? Freaking, uh, I'm a Pulp Fiction style. Like I, I yeah. watched the last half hour of Gladiator. I know how it ends. 
So I, I can't go back and watch, you know, that way it was kind of tainted for me. But it, enough time has passed where I forgot. I knew about the thumb, but, you know, otherwise <laughs> I forgot most of the movie. The and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So it's, I think it's a reasonable excuse for not having seen it. Well, I me mean, outside of choosing frequency, I chose poorly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what movie I would make you watch, assuming you haven't seen any good movie. Uh, maybe, the, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the town. Oh, the town's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Okay, maybe Good Will Hunting. Have you seen Good Will Hunting? Probably my greatest, my favorite movie of all time. Okay, it's a perfect movie. Good. I'd have to find another movie because those are two of my favorite movies as well. We'll figure this out. We'll do it off yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll bring it to the podcast. The last right. uh, how many weeks? Yeah, we have eight. All right. Uh, okay. we go, yeah, well, actually, probably more than eight. But you need to think about the playoffs and Thanksgiving and all that. Favorite quarterbacks we've yet to talk about, Rich. Who do you got? Uh, there's not many. You know, 10 games slate. We talked about all the good players already. It feels like. Uh, I think it's really hard. I'll let Daigle sell me on Daniel Jones. No. Uh, no. Okay. I will say, though, no one's going to do it. But if you look at like plays that stand out on this slate, the Broncos skill guys do kind of stand out. And if we're going to get there on those guys, then why wouldn't you bring the quarterback along? But I mean, I will say this. If you're making an argument for Russell Wilson, he <laughs> has played just one team in the bottom 10 this season in passing points allowed. And in that game, he was the QB3 overall. Uh, Tennessee is 28th in passing points allowed per game, 24th in passing points allowed per attempt. If there ever was a time, might be this one. I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to buy it. You can't sell that. <laughs> John? Uh yeah, no, like, again, I, I looked at it and thought, okay, Russell Wilson also, good matchup. Like when we talked about Carson Wentz against the Titans, except that week it was an ugly week and Carson Wentz was so cheap. Russell Wilson, like, isn't even cheap enough to consider. But I do think it's a really good matchup. Um, for me, Daniel Jones, and again, I don't think I'm going to play him because I primarily play on DraftKings. I do play on Fando a little bit, but we're really just going for this rushing floor here. And he does have two top bench top 10 finishes this season. He has averaged 7.4 rushing fantasy points per game tacked on. And the last time we saw him against the Seahawks, it's not fair that we discount him for a season low nine fantasy points because the Seahawks defense has been really good. Like uh, the last month, the Seahawks defense has allowed 4.3 yards per play, four and a half sacks per game, and just 16 and a half points per game. So like he failed because he played an amazing matchup. But now it's the Texans, so who cares? So that's my only argument for Daniel Jones. Otherwise, like Rich, we talked about the plays we're going to play. Yeah, listen, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungvaloa. Justin Fields on draft. Justin Fields on draft kicks. We really don't need to do anything else. Would Keenum possibly be a thing, or is that that not necessary? Or that doesn't sound like you guys are terribly enthused about it. I mean, at 4K – he he's five, be, I think. I think he's yeah, five. Yeah, that's it. At 4K, if he was Sam Ellinger, we'd have that conversation. Uh, but he is 5K. It doesn't make sense. This thing is really lacking clear value right now at this stage of the week. We'll see. Like said, stuff typically opens up by the time we get to Sunday. But definitely is a lot. I'm curious what you guys bring to the table in these skill position guys. Because I'm going to need Got you nothing. guys to find some for me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just bagging up. I'm not the expert. So I just, I just set it up. You guys knock you it down. stop it, Dean. <laughs> um is is zeke gonna play do we think he's gonna play and is he like pollard 
we're just assuming that it's the Zeke's role. It's one and one A at best, and it's still Elliott, right? Is that is that the story here, Rich? I would assume that this initial game back, even if he plays, would still skew towards Pollard. Remember, he only had 15 touches in that game against the Bears, and the coaching staff said that's kind of where they want him around. So even if Elliott comes back and is like half mass, like you, we can get around 15 touches still. I mean, he was averaging 11.1 touches per game playing alongside Elliott. So like we can get him another four per game. Like, like I definitely think he can get the 15 in this game against the Packers, who I haven't been good. I mean – what a run out for the Packers that they're now like home dogs by almost six points. Like at this stage of the season, like, man, it's, it's crazy. Like how far it's come, but when you lose the lions, uh, that definitely happens. Uh, but yeah, I I think Pollard, if Zeke plays actually becomes a better play. Cause obviously if Zeke's out, like everyone, like he's just going to be in everyone's lineup again and he'll be 80% owned and 90% owned in cash games. But if Zeke plays, I think that makes Pollard a more interesting play. In a vacuum, Pollard or Herbert? Oh, Pollard. Yeah, Pollard, because he has the upside. Okay. Yeah, because I know you were talking about Herbie before. I just, he feels like he's at a similar comp. Well, and I outright like Montgomery still more than Herbert. I was just trying to push you off the whatever snap percentage. No, that's fair. you, you got to push me off that. It makes sense. <laughs> uh, John, what do you have as far as uh, running backs? Um, I'll go to the opposite of – Saquon Barkley because Damian Pierce has out-touched Rex Burkhead 45 to 3 in the Texans' last two games. And I know everyone's gonna get to the idea of Saquon Barkley. And if we want to run back, I think the best option really is Damian Pierce, especially in a in a slate that lacks volume. So that's kind of really all I have outside of Saquon Barkley. It's wild. There was like seven or eight or like nine running backs. Yeah, there were a lot various degrees last week. I loved them. I I I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe I can't get this guy or enough of that guy. Tight. Yeah, but we'll see. Again, it's Wednesday. I mean, being in recent weeks of being on whatever running back goes absolutely nuclear has been kind of the key to the slate, you know, obviously. Because it wasn't – everyone had Pollard two weeks ago, but it was alongside the other guys that also went absolutely bonkers, right? Like, you know, the Kenneth Walkers and the Austin Ecklers. Uh, You know, last week it was, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, Mm -hmm. so – Who's that guy this week? Who does it end up being? You know, does Saquon have that kind of capacity, right? Like, do the Giants have that kind of, like, team capacity to, like, get Saquon there, right? Like, we're probably never going to have, like, a five-touchdown Saquon game in the construct of the 2022 New York Giants, right? Like, it probably just doesn't exist. Like, so who who could have it? Uh, you know, there's some guys that, that are interesting here. Josh Jacobs definitely stands out. If we learned anything from the Joe Mixon game last week, it's to just chase the, the spot, right? Like yeah. Mixon was absolutely a Monday night awful that prior, like against the Browns team that everyone had been chasing, right? Looking like play guys against the Browns. Mixon was terrible. The, the, the Bengals were terrible. But you're just like, hey, on principle, he's a seven-point home favorite. Like let's just put him in some lineups, right? Then like Josh Jacobs hasn't been good the past two weeks. He's a huge home favorite against the team that presumably we're presuming is kind of quiet quitting or whatever the hell's going. We don't even know what really we can call. We don't know what's going on with the Colts, but like just on principle of top down saying that we've got a huge home favorite running back for a guy that's a three down back, like just play the spot. Jacobs was tweeting about, do we know the story with Jacobs? I saw people why MFers always playing with my name. I haven't even left the crib today. <laughs> what do we know? What's going on with him? I don't know what the backstory is. I, it came across my timeline, and I'm like, like, what's that? What happened with Jacobs? Are there any sort of rumors out there? I missed it if there is one, but 
yeah, for sure you can play him. We made the executive decision last week. Remember, we're kind of sputtering to the end, and we did like our we would finish. You're supposed to finish strong, right? And we finished with some horrendous tight ends. So we're, we're we're shaking it up. We're gonna go tight end first, and then we're gonna go receivers. Gonna be close <laughs> strong, uh, Rich. Let, let's knock out all the tight ends you like. I'm sure it's a long list. Uh, Dalton Schultz, both sites looks pretty phenomenal uh, for his price. He's played three games with Dak Prescott. He's been a tight end one in all three. Has a, had a 20 percent target share in all three. Uh, on his routes run with Dak Prescott under center, he's been targeted on 31 percent of his routes. Uh, Mark Andrews leads the NFL among tight ends for the full season at a 28% target per outrun rate. Uh, yeah, I love Dalton Schultz and his pricing. He's, I guess he's fully healthy now, right? It feels maybe, like maybe. Now. You know, we can trust him. I mean, I just, get, I mean, he's been a tight end one in all three. Of his, like the, the, the two games prior to the bye where he was kind of limited, but he still was a tight end one and had over, he had 27% of the team t- uh, targets last, last game. So, God, if he's healthy, God bless us, man. All right, uh, John C. Dalton Schultz, Schultz and raise him. I don't have a Tanner Hudson of the week for you, even though Tanner Hudson may be a good play again. But uh, <laughs> Pat Fryermuth, still an amazing play. Before he went on by, he played three full games with Kenny Pickett. He averaged eight and a half targets, uh, a 24% target share, and a run route on 72% of dropbacks. And now we have this spot against the Saints where everyone will likely flock to George Pickens instead, given the uh, – vacated volume from Chase Claypool, but Fryermuth has been delivering every single week ahead of Pickens anyway. So I think I think Fryermuth's an amazing option. Other than that, not much, Dean. I'm probably trying to find a way to pay up for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Indigo Montoya will probably be popular still. Uh, he's Is that Yeah, uh, No, Dulcich, our guy. Uh, Dulcich, oh, okay. Uh, Dulcich de Leche. Uh, <laughs> he's played three. Listen, the dude's played three career NFL games. He's been a tight end one and three games and we saw how hard is it to be a tight end one though like was it john was that your tweet like uh, uh no it's i mean it's not the bar but like yeah. when you're talking about paying down like it matters like yeah. in the context of like for dfs paying down like being that's the whole reason right like when we're incorporating salary like yeah yeah we're not getting travis kelsey we're also not paying for travis kelsey do you uh, think uh do you think dulcich or Cortland sutton will be more rostered that's the only dulcich. reason that's the only reason i didn't mention dulcich because i kind of want to play sutton yeah, yeah. Uh, when when we last left off in London, he had run a pass route on 91% of dropbacks. That was his high of the three games. But mm-hmm. I'm with you. I, I had both Denver guys as, like, guys that are intriguing too. And obviously, you know, Sutton is part of that. So that, that's why I said it's like when you look at it, it's like Dulcich looks like a good play with salary. Judy looks like a good play with salary. Sutton looks like a good play with salary. By default, how do we yeah. not get the rust? The yeah. game log watchers are going to hate Sutton. He's been horrendous of late. Um, but then, but then but again, we have, but the target tree is thin there, right? Like it's the old yeah. theory. Like when you had Lockett and Metcalf, like you'd have these guys run cold, but like, we only really have two guys running routes and getting targets outside of, you know, Dulcich is the third, but like Hamler's not getting any targets at all. And he's hurt. Uh, he, he didn't play with it. He didn't practice day with a hamstring, but like, they just have no other guys. My, my only pushback would be, remember just last week, Eckler gets there. Josh Palmer gets there but Justin Herbert doesn't come anywhere close to getting there. Yes, true. All right. Let's get on you, want, you, you want to talk to uh, – let's, let's talk receivers. Like, I imagine we'll have an easier an easier time here, Rich, as far as, uh, as far as finding some receivers you like this week. Yeah, we, 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 we hit on the Denver guys. Uh, Chris Olave, 
Uh, yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at football. Uh, another 32% of the team targets on Monday night. He's going against a Steelers defense that has allowed the most points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. Uh, they have also allowed the highest touchdown rate to all wide receivers, the highest yards per target to all wide receivers. Uh, he looks pretty good because Kamara, I think, is going to be pretty popular. We can run a lot of minis in that game, too. We're not going to probably play either quarterback. That's kind of cool about that game is like kind of like all just mini stacks. John? Uh, the only other one I have, well, gosh, I wish Kenny Galladay didn't return to practice because I think it's actually a good spot for Darius Slayton if we're digging for value. And yeah. like right now, I'm not even kidding. Darius Slayton and Donovan Peoples-Jones are the only receivers I have for value on my list since uh, the Texans have allowed the most yards per target to opposing boundary receivers and the or the highest completion rate to opposing boundary receivers, second highest yards per target to that spot. Um, but Kenny Galladay returning may screw that all up. Uh, the only other option I have on my list is it's probably going to be chalk, but George Pickens, because the skinny stacks for St. Steelers, like Rich said, it's, it's an amazing spot. Um, I, I do worry again about Steelers coming off by Saints having a short week, but at the same time, 54% of Pickens targets this year have come 10 yards downfield and at least even though we know Pickett, that's the one spot he doesn't complete the ball. Uh, he has the league's lowest completion rate, 10 yards downfield, lowest completion rate, 20 yards downfield. At least we think there's going to be more volume since we're taking out Chase Claypool's four and a half targets per game. So uh, I want more volume. I want downfield targets for Pickens, and it's the it's the spot to do it against the Saints. So I got I, one cheap guy for him. you. Oh, hit me. And it's going to we, we, it's, it, – it's a forest through the trees. It's Wednesday, so right now he's <laughs> not a good play. I just but, said Darius Slayton, so just lay anything on me. Uh, Nico <laughs> Collins. Nico Collins at, at 4K uh, practiced okay. today. Brandon Cooks did not practice today. Okay. The last And the last three times those guys played together, Nico Collins had more yards than Brandon Cooks anyways. So if we get a game with no Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins against the you know blitzing Martindales, uh, he might be a cheap guy to get you some targets. So the speaking to how little value there is, and this is Wednesday night. This is our projections as as of Wednesday. Yeah, who's night. the NBC of the week, Dean? NBC. The NPC, the Michael Bandy. Uh, oh, oh non-play- I got Non playable character. How how did uh, Bandy end up doing? I, I didn't see. He had he had twenty six yards on five catches. <laughs> he had eight, eight, eight targets, yes, but uh, did not do anything with them because he's the NPC. Okay, so there is actually a really good one. But the, the first point I was going to make, just to speak to how little the value is right now, we, we can, uh, in our lineup HQ tool here at Runner Grinders, you can do like sort by point per dollar, like point per dollar plays. Generally speaking, if you're 3K, your point per dollar is going to be so much higher or right. a better chance to be up off the charts than like a 6, yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10K player. Our highest point per dollar play on a Wednesday night is 9K Cooper Cup. That seems wild. Like 2.54x is where he's at, you know. Next, by the way, yeah. you're gonna love this, John. DPJ, Donovan. Oh, there it is. oh yeah. <laughs> and oh. The, the non-playable character. We got Juju. We have Christian Kirk. You mentioned the Giants receiver. You didn't mention this one. <laughs> Marcus Johnson. Oh, no, yeah, you yeah. can't play Marcus Johnson. Like, <laughs> no. He he is running more routes than Slayton, but the difference is like Slayton is earning targets at a significantly higher rate than Marcus Johnson. That is the NPC of the week. Oh, yeah, uh, that should I'm be a bit on the show, right? Dean, uh, the MPC Michael Bandy, the last two weeks he's got 14 targets and 21 receiving yards. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as many, target. 
<laughs> can like really? if you could, I'm sure. Can you sort like anybody have lower than that? Like in that kind of volume? I'd have, to, awesome. I'd have to look. For a wide receiver, it's absurd. Like that's some running back stuff. That that seems uh that seems pretty impressive. You know what? We still ended up finishing on Marcus Johnson and Michael Bandy. We're supposed to finish. We tried. Yeah. We tried. I uh, mean, he brought up uh, George Pickens and uh, New Collins. Oh, listen, play DeAndre Hopkins. Play uh play play the good guys. We're gonna have to do our little movie bet. I'm, I'm, I'll create the three gamer if you want to do it. If producer do Steve it. wants I, to join us, by all I means. guarantee you, people would love to watch our tournament. We can shoot out the link and everything. So please do. I would love to play. There you go. We'll, we'll discuss uh, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it and I'll send it your way. And uh, I will be kind to movies. And I'll send you a movie you guys haven't seen. Both of you haven't seen. We're gonna movies. listen. It's it's gonna be week eleven next week plus the holidays. We're gonna need content. So <laughs> a quick a quick one minute two minute review of the movie you're required to watch before Wednesday night. That sounds great. Yeah. All right. Um, give me a, on a Wednesday night, Rich, give me your favorite stack that we're looking at as far as this slate. Oh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Travis Kelsey, John, oh, Justin Fields, Amon Ross St. Brown. I do like Josh Jacobs a lot as well in a bounce back spot. Um, Travis Kelsey. Am I able to afford those players? I don't know. Well, sure. let's, let's, let's figure it out. We live in the world of a salary cap. Let's figure it out. <laughs> it's a tough right. week, ladies and gentlemen. John, tell the people. I mean, look, week, week 10, they know, but they don't know. There's one guy that's like, you know, this podcast is interesting. Where do I learn more about this John fellow? Where would he find you on the interwebs? If you hung around for an hour and 31 <laughs> and don't know about John Dago, Rich Rebar, and Dean how do you pronounce the Shavelson? Shavelson? No, you nailed it. Shavelson. Yeah, good job. Shavelson. Uh, if you don't know, well, I commend you, but also 444.com. Uh, we are running a rest of season sale where I believe I can get you 50% off rest of season. And rest of season, mind you, is still half the season left. There's a lot of football left for us to be here every single week. So uh, not Jay Diggle on Twitter. Slide in your DMs and you'll hook them up? Absolutely. That's the place to go. Rich? Uh, Ella Reeves on Twitter, Sharp Football Analysis. Uh, we got something coming in the pipeline, so stay glued. Uh, to either I'll probably promote it on Twitter. Hopefully, something's coming, but something. something's coming. Something's what coming. A, what a tease! Something, <laughs> something we do. Hopefully, me y'all. making you guys watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Pick Six, uh, Week 10, Rotor Grinders. Uh, appreciate y'all listening on behalf of Rich. And John and producer Steve and Dragon Ball Z and Marcus Johnson and Scott Steiner math. (laughs) Go win something this week. Enjoy yourselves. We're out of here. Holler. 